Blog Talk Radio. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> okay. All right. brand name, like Pepsi, that's a brand name, I stand behind it, I guarantee it, they know that, even if they don't know me any more than they know the, the, the chairman of General Mills, <laughs> what I'm right? talking about is, when you chop my dough down, one, two, three, four, five percent, and then you call it Blue Magic, that is trademark infringement, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's your girl, D. Scott, and it is, of course, Tell the Truth Tuesday, and I am broadcasting later and later because I have a life I have to live and shit that has to get done, and then I always want to make sure you guys have content. So I was writing an email by a young lady, very beautiful young lady, and um, she was telling me all these problems that she was having in her situation, so I told her that I would respond to some of the questions that she had as to whether she dated a psychopath or whether he was, you know, just a sociopath. And, you know, I find that people throw that word around a lot, not knowing that, you know, real psychopaths are just very calm and we're more calculated than just I'm going to fuck your best friend and then I'm going to fuck you and all this other stuff. And female psychopaths, we don't really get into the whole physicality of things because we really don't like to be touched on any level. So it's just a little difficult. And so as you grow older, and I talk about this in my book, Stay in Your Lane, A Diary of a Hot Mess, available on Amazon and Kindle, click plug, um, in the in the chapter, The Whole Stroll. There's just certain things that you need to learn as you grow up, and that is that sometimes men ain't shit, and sometimes you have to see the game before it's coming, and so sometimes you have to understand that anytime you keep some shit from your homegirl about a man a secret, you just became an accessory. He thinks that he can fuck you too, and that that's just the fact of the matter. It, it, it really is, and so... People, you know, get into these things and they be like, well, it wasn't my business or it wasn't this and it wasn't that. And we just saw this on uh, Love and Hip Hop ATL, so it's not like, you know. Now, I am one to tell you real quick, fast, and in a minute, like, if I don't know your girlfriend, I don't give a fuck about her. If you're not claiming this motherfucker of I've never seen her, if I've never seen her in a picture on Instagram and she's like this elusive ghost bitch, then I don't give a fuck about your girlfriend because you don't give a fuck about your girlfriend, and I've been very clear about that. However, if this is a broad that threads my eyebrows, she bags my groceries at Walmart, she picks my toes when I mingle in them, when I go to fucking get my toes done, then I wouldn't do that because I at least physically know you and have seen you, you know, at some point in time or another, and I can acknowledge that you had a relationship with this fucker, and it's really not my place. And plus, I'm not messing. I don't want to feel like, you know, I was sharing, like, spit with you or something like that because I like to have all my own shit. Now, 
Do I date eligible bachelors? Of course. Do I, you know, will I date a guy and just, you know, kind of not give a fuck if he's, a, you know, a player or whatever? Yeah, I kind of don't care. And the reason that I don't care is because at the end of the day, like, maybe I just want to play with you too. You know, some men don't understand that sometimes I just, I just want to, you know, play with you too. And so it's very difficult, I think, for um, men to understand, this is not who I'm trying to tag. It's very difficult for men to understand, like, when you don't want them. So part of the email was this young lady telling me for three pages how this girl really wasn't her friend. So I can already hear where this was going. The second portion, the middle portion of it was about their relationship, how, you know, he was coming on to her and so on and so forth. And then the third part was how, in the end, he ended up, you know what I'm saying, like being friends with the girl again. And I'm like, of course he was. You know, and, and I told her, I said, I'm going to come at you like your your good old auntie would, you know. Um, rule number one, don't be a whore. You know, you, you, you have to listen to what the guy is saying. And I said, do I think that he was a psychopath? Absolutely not. There was nothing cold or calculated in it. It, it basically, and then he went on to become friends with the ex that he turned her against. And I said, listen, you should call the bitch up and invite her to coffee or something. And not so much apologize, but just, you know, take a picture, put it on the internet since he likes the internet so much and let him know, like, you're not going to, not that you got to be friends with her, but you can't manipulate her and manipulate me because, 99% of the time he was sleeping with her still while he was being with you, which is a dirty dick syndrome. You know, that that's disgusting. So she says, um, uh, she says, can you please explain to me his intent behind why he was throwing a subliminal to me and why does the ex-girlfriend, ex-friend closely follow his new relationship? Well, because we wish bad on motherfuckers like that, darling. You know, she said, or is this their cat and mouse game of taking turns hurting each other and he's likely just playing this new chick? Um, she said she just wants to understand the madness. Sometimes the best thing that you can do in an Alice in Wonderland situation is just wake up. That's sometimes the best thing that you can do is just wake the fuck up and say, what the fuck does this have to do with me? Like, and I don't give a fuck about her and I don't give a fuck about him and uh, peace out, you know, and the gentleman went on to become engaged to yet another broad, okay, who's probably unsuspecting that he's a, you know, a colossal douchebag, you know, could be, and, um, she says, you know, that she doesn't understand. And sometimes part of the hold that we keep on people is the fact that they don't understand why we're doing what we're doing. Me, I really don't fucking have time for that. You know, I, I told a guy today, I said, listen, if you're not going to do what I need you to do or be around when I need you to be around, I'm going to start seeing other people. And I'm telling you that because I don't want you to be shocked when I just don't speak to you in public or act like I never saw you before in my fucking life. Because that's what I do. Those are my defense mechanisms. Those are my... And this is a guy I was dealing with off and on for like, you know, seven, eight months. And it's unfortunate because he's a nice guy, but unfortunately I have shit to do, you know, and I don't feel like I have to spend any more time explaining who I am and nor do I have to spend, I don't have any more time to figure out who the fuck you are. You are who the fuck you are. You was who you was when you got here. And just as a female, I, I told this young lady to go listen to my show, Girl Code 101, where I had a situation with somebody that I thought was, you know, my friend, and I still ain't spoke to this motherfucker, um, 
that, you know, was doing shit cavorting behind my back. And, you know, and, it, and what people don't understand is that just that one little incident, it cracks the entire foundation. So I can't trust this motherfucker. I can't trust you. Y'all ain't my friends. Go fuck each other. I hope you get her pregnant and y'all end up on welfare. That's where I'm at in life. That's how much well I wish on you motherfuckers, for real. Like, I hope you guys are in love and I hope that you get her pregnant and you have an ugly baby and y'all motherfuckers move forward in life. And I hope that your ex-fiance or your fiance kills her and then I get to go to the funeral and do the report on it. That's how evil I am because when I'm done with you motherfuckers, I'm done. There's nothing that you could ever say. And it actually, I was more upset with him in the situation because I felt like I was closer to him than I was the female. So it's kind of like, this is a motherfucker that probably should have known better. He shouldn't. He knows I know where he lives. He knows I'll burn that bitch down. And I'm just upsetting myself. Let me sip on this, this rosé. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You know, but for her, it was like she was of no consequence. It was like, you know, we were cool when I was down there. I was like, but make sure, you know, you let a motherfucker know that you was going to ride with me to machete this motherfucker. And we didn't give a fuck if the girlfriend answered the door or not. That's how much I don't give a fuck. When I'm done with somebody, I don't give a fuck. Death to you. I hope you burn in hell with a gasoline suit on Samuel Jackson style. I don't give a shit. And that's how sometimes you have to do people. Because if I sat up every day and figured out why this motherfucker did this to me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I wouldn't be able to get out of bed. I can't get out of bed anyway, but that's not why. But, you know, if I had to sit there, and, and sometimes there is no reason for doing shit. Sometimes I just bust people in the head with a hammer because that's what the fuck I felt like doing that day. And I mean verbally. I don't mean, like, physically. I'm just saying. Like, today, I just went on a rant because it's very offensive to me that we have a lot of people, not saying any names, that are coming out with books and so-called books and everyone gets excited until they have to go through the process. Well, I'm a real writer. I'm somebody that's empathetic to your situation. So when I'm writing a book, I'm killing myself. I literally am living every moment. I'm in every single room. I'm, if I got beat, I'm taking every single blow all over again, which is what makes my writing just a little bit more vivid than, than, than some. You know, that's how you know that even in my ghost rights, you can tell that I wrote it. If I put them all together, you would know. So I feel like, you know, when people are coming out saying I'm writing this book and they're, they're getting so excited about the marketing of it all before they're getting to the meat of it all. Don't you agree, Saladin? Like they're excited that they have a book cover. They're excited that they get to do a book signing. I actually did a book for a guy down in Atlanta that didn't even have the finished product. We had, what was it, three weeks from start to finish, to turn six pages into damn near 206 pages. And this motherfucker was just, he was presenting the book. He was, you know, worried about the cover. Motherfucker, the cover comes last. My cover on my Stay in Your Lane book, the back cover was a picture that I took with my iPhone, and then the front cover was actually professionally shot by Andy um, Andy P., one of my, uh, he was a real young photographer down at the falls. But then that was my way of putting the 716 on the map. So, you get to a place where, you know, you look at people's work and you're just like, and they're calling this a book and it's double spaced and it's, you know what I'm saying? Or you're using other people's words or you're citing references. That's not really a book. That's a research piece. That's an essay. That's, you know, it's not a novel. Even the female that Beyonce, Warsaw Shar, 
who Beyonce actually used all of her quotes and all of her poetry for the Lemonade video, she is known as saying, you know, I don't write books. She's like, I wrote a few brochures. And this is a woman that received numerous awards in England and in the United States. So if she's not being disrespectful enough to say that her poetry was in a book, she herself called it a series of essays or a brochure, who in the fuck do you think that you are? You have not won any scholarly nothing about a nothing to say that this these pieces of literature are fucking books. This is shit that, like, that's not even enough to, that, that's like a 45-minute flight from New, from New York to Buffalo. It's not really a book. That's like a teaser. And maybe perhaps if you focused on the content instead of sell, 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 and trying to sell yourself to everybody, I have given away more books, probably more books than I have sold, and I'm sure Saladin has too. And we don't have to do that. We just... We come from the same spirit where we feel like knowledge is power. So if I'm giving you this power, it's up to you whether you read the book or not. I don't make my money off my books. I have, you know, a job. I have zero fucks. I have other stuff that I'm going, you know, that I'm dealing with. So that's not really where I make my money. That that was never when we sat down and looked at what the cut was from what we make our books, and I self-publish. That's why I have no problem helping people that are saying, you know, I want to write a book or I want to do this. But you know what always happens? 99.999% of the time, either, especially when I'm offering it for free. Now, when they're paying me some racks, yeah, they'll get it done. But when I'm offering it for free pro bono, I still have two manuscripts sitting right here right now because people don't want to do the work. I'm quick with it. Right. So that means that if you went through hell, I'm going through hell, too, but I'm going to be able to write the story for you. So whereas you may have wrote one page in your original writing, I could take that one page and turn it into 21 pages. That's what I do. I'm the meat and potatoes of things. So it's unfortunate that people think that they could put out this literature. And we as black women, especially, we're always eating that shit up. We're always like, yes, honey, yes. It's like, do you read books, motherfucker? Like, do you, you know, and I take honest criticism about my books, about grammatical shit that was going on in my book. And I said, to be honest with you, when I finished my book, my first book, it was so difficult for me to write. I didn't give a shit about grammar. Now, I'm not saying you're going to go through there and see a bunch of misspelled words. No. But what I am saying is that it hurts me to go back in there and edit it. It, it still says in my book that I'm under management by Cliff Camp and, 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 you know, Camp LLC. And I'm not. I haven't been under management with them in over three years. But, and, and it's very simple for me to go in there and change it. I just physically cannot go in there and do that right now. Because then I'm going to go in there and start fucking shit up. And then we'll do a re-release at the five-year mark. But... You know, it's it's unfortunate that um, people think that they don't have to put in the work and put in the time. And then we as black women, we are a huge consumer. And all we do is sit there and eat this shit up like we don't have choices as to where we spend our money. If I put out, you know, a, a, anything less than 100 pages, I'm probably just going to give it to you. You understand what I'm saying? My son's book was, how how many pages is my son's book? He has a, matter of fact, I have it right here in my library. Hold on, I'm about to tell you how many pages my son's book was, if I even have a copy. Well, let's just look at this one. So the Pookie Chronicles was 100 pages. And my son's book is actually a journal. I think I just gave them away today. My son's book was actually a journal, but I know for a fact, it was it was pretty lengthy, and it gave you space. I thought we had more books. Wait, there might be one right here. But um, I keep the books around because I like to give them to kids. I like to start kids on their writing journey and to get them 
into writing. My writing is a little bit thicker. That's why I have no problem giving my book to somebody or saying, no, just just read it. If you really want to know more about me, I swear I thought there was one over here. Um, if you really want to know more about me or more about anything that I'm doing, then read the book because then you'll understand why I come from a place that I come from. So it's very discerning to me to see, you know, back to the women, us not take responsibility for a lot of the reason that black men act the way that they do, just like they need to take responsibility for the way we act. So there was a meme going around today and it pissed me the fuck off. And it was a picture of a black guy and he says, hi, my name is Just, what's your name? And it's a picture of Nicki Minaj and she says, why? And then he says, hi, my name is Just, what's your name? And the white girl says, hi, my name is Megan. I thought that was a completely unfair meme. Now, I saw it on one of the other blog talk shows um, Instagrams, and I think that they, I don't think that they did it to be offensive. I think that they actually posted it just to get commentary. But my commentary is this I just said to you guys on a show a couple weeks ago that 60% of all black women have come forward and said that they have been sexually abused. Now, we all know that the Danger Stranger campaign, that was the worst thing that could have ever came out of any administration because most of our you know what I'm saying? Most of our abusers are people that are in our family. They look like us. You know what I'm saying? So they're the uncles, the cousins, or the the brothers, and so on and so forth. So, you know, I'm very fortunate that I'm not part of that 60%, but if 60% of black women came forward and said that they had been molested in some kind of way, what about the other 10 or 15 or 20% that didn't say that? So, nah, Jess, when you you coming up to me and you saying, my name is so-and-so, what's your name? I might tell you to fuck off. You understand what I'm saying? Because you might look like my attacker or because you might remind me of someone that abused me. And so I just think that interpersonal relationships between black men and black women are so skewed right now that it's like that shouldn't even be. We don't even know how to talk to each other. Black women are on the guard. Black men are on the defense. You guys are thinking that we're taking some of your money. Like I told you all before, news fucking flash. You ain't got no fucking money. You guys are not breaking through that glass ceiling. Black women are actually the number one growing rate of entrepreneurs in this country. They're at, at an alarming rate, you know. And then you have all these situations. It breaks my heart every time I fucking see it. You know, I watch the NFL draft, and it's something that breaks my fucking heart because I look at it, and I'm just sitting there, with the exception of the Ezekiel Elliotts and those guys, and I'm not even a follower of football but I see the look on the mother's faces like, yes, my baby, he, he did it. And it's like, A, where's the father? And B, this is, this is the torture that you had to put your son through, through middle school, through high school, and through college, just so he can have a better life based on his athleticism. And it's, it's almost like gladiators. It's like modern-day fucking gladiators. Like you are sending your son out into a job that every single day he could be knocked the fuck out. He could get a coma. He could be in a concussion. He could die. You know, and I know that this is, you know, America's sport, and this is something that we watch. But when my son came to me and he said, Mommy, I don't want to play football. And I said, why? He said, because I don't want to. You know, my son, for as big as he is, has a hard time just hitting somebody for no fucking reason. You understand what I'm saying? He doesn't, he doesn't have it in him. And so what my issue was, was that, you know what, you're going to go out there and you're going to get hurt if you're not raging for somebody as much as they're raging for you. 
you know, and maybe that comes from him being an only child. Maybe he's spoiled a little bit, but my son don't really got to tackle another kid to get recognition from me. He don't got to, you know what I'm saying? We don't have to have, you know, all these extracurricular activities. Like I told him, I said, once you go to school next year, he's in junior high. I said, you'll be on chess club. I said, and you'll be in acting. And I said, but when you go into acting, don't think of it as anything other than you, you might be the next Denzel Washington. Think of it that way. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to put any type of stigma to my son being in chess club, learning how to make moves in life, or to my son being an actor and taking shit to the next level. And he says, Mommy, you do too much. No, I don't do too much. If I have the power and the skill to be able to put you in a situation, you know, and shout out to Jerry Lamothe. Um, They just had the Uptown Short Film Festival uh, from Uptown Magazine, who was actually one of my sponsors. When I did my book signing in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Green Room, um, a couple of actors, and if you guys aren't following me on Instagram, you can check that out. It's at miss.d.scott. You guys can check me out there as well as on Twitter. Um, I am at DMSST93. And I just, I want black men to know this. We need you, right? So we can't continue to raise these boys by ourselves. We really can't. And yesterday's show proves that. You know, I'm just thankful that, you know what I'm saying, my ex-husband and I are in a place now that we can actually speak about things that have to do with our son and with his daughter, who I just absolutely adore, and she's not even mine. You know, she is with his um, his new wife, his third wife, and she just, you know what I'm saying, it's just, let me say this, and I'm just, I'm going to be honest, it's because of that little girl that I don't do a lot of hateful shit, you understand what I'm saying, because when I see her, she just, she reminds me of my little boom, you know what I'm saying, she reminds me of my teaching, she reminds me of innocence, and she doesn't know know any better and it's a little girl and I don't have a little girl and I'm sitting here with two prom dresses for my niece because it's her birthday and I feel that when it's your birthday you should wear sequins and chiffon and organza and and shoes with kitty cats on them so that's just how I am and so I don't have daughters so I'm sure that I you know do too much with my son but at the same time that's what his father's there for to tell him you know toughen up and you need to go get a haircut and you need to get on a bike and you need to you know do these things so I'm thankful for that and I'm thankful for any man that's in his child's life no matter what whether you get along with the mother or not these are just part of the sacrifices that we have to make and I appreciate it and I'm thankful for it because I'm going to tell you what right now our interpersonal you know relationships with each other are just absolutely fucking terrible I mean, I'm one of them. You know, I'm one of the motherfuckers. I'll tell you to fuck off real quick because you serve him no purpose to me. You know, I'm one of the people that will tell you, like, you know what, you'll never meet my fucking son. You know what I'm saying? And that's just that's where I'm at in life because I don't have to talk to you. So my whole problem is just that I just want men to be men, women to be women. I am not a feminist. You know, I think that women should be able to do whatever the fuck they want to do as well as men. Cause, hey, like I said, you want to walk a, my, a mile in my shoes in a non-Caitlyn Jenner fashion, you go the fuck right ahead. You know what I'm saying? You go right the fuck ahead. But it, it, it's going to hurt. You know what I'm saying? Because the burdens that we have to bear because we don't have the men in our life that we need to have them in our life is not, it's, it's, it's it's not healthy for us, and I don't think that it was supposed to be this way. You know what I mean? It was never supposed to be women just raising these boys. I mean, like I said, I don't I don't tell men how to fucking pee stand enough, so I wouldn't want someone to tell me how to raise my son. But at the same time, I need his father there. You know what I mean? To be able to have that you know, male interaction with him that says I look just like you. You know, he had a conversation with his dad last night about you know, being African and my son wearing African garb when he graduates from school. And he's going to do that. And he says, Mom, I'm not African. I said, that's funny. Go tell your father you said that. 
You know what I'm saying? I said, go tell your dad that you said that. But tonight I am going to leave the show with Nas because my son actually just so happened to see um, some of the footage of Illmatic, um, Life's Illmatic, when Nas had it, had the uh, the special on TV. I think it was HBO or Showtime. And I said to him, I said, this is actually one of my favorite songs by Nas and AZ. And it just it sums up how life is right now. Once I stood on the block, 